1: You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Hour
2: two of Fantasy Sports today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia. We're going to have some takeaways from week two and also some buy lows and some sell highs in fantasy and mix in a little baseball conversation, a little mock draft on fan tracks. We'll hit that as well. Fantasy Sports today. Hour two starts now.
0: Fantasy Sports today.
2: And welcome back. This is fantasy sports today. If you missed any of our first hour of the show, we had Derek Brown on talking and also Joe and I went through the rankings of quarterbacks in fantasy the rest of the season. I have a feeling we have to adjust this one a few times before the end of the year. Uh, Kind of a wild scenario. We've never really seen this in fantasy with so many quarterbacks going down. So we thought we would re-rank them. And only in week three, we've lost uh, four or five guys. Uh, but let's kind of get into some more of, of the things that happened this past week now that it's in the books. And in case you missed it, Joe and I did break down the Monday night game as well very quickly because there was not much to talk about there. But uh, let, let's start off with the best team offensively in football. Uh, you could make the case that it is the Patriots. But Joe, the Chiefs are that team that everyone wants to have some share of their players and and really Demarcus Robinson with a career game this past week with Tyreek Hill sitting out. Nicole Hardman also did his damage. And of course, this is all with Tyreek Hill out and it's hard to explain how Sammy Watkins can go from the game that he had last week to a complete dud. <laughs> I, I would say that he's like he was 99 percent started and owned in any fantasy league. If I had him, I would have done it, too. Oh yeah, of course you would have
3: started him against the Raiders. Who wouldn't? But it's funny to me all those people out of the woodwork who are these off-season Sammy Watkins truthers. Man, were they out in force after Week One? Oh my God! And then all of a sudden, crickets last Sunday. Just like I couldn't find any of them anywhere. It was weird. Yeah, well, the, no
2: Sammy Watkins for sure. Yeah. So, so who's the guy to own here between these two, Robinson or Hardman? <laughs> Patrick Mahomes.
1: <laughs> That's yeah. my answer. Oh, well, you gotta, man, gotta no, hold on. Guy. I will
3: answer the question, but I, before I do. Matt Waldman had the tweet of the weekend about this. And he said that basically, um De- Demarcus Robinson, Miko Hardman, Sammy Watkins, they're fantasy oompa loompas. And that means that uh, Patrick Mahomes is Willy Wonka. Basically, it doesn't matter. They, you know, they they just keep churning out what it is that Patrick Mahomes keeps doing, which is just being incredible. Uh for me personally, DeMarcus Robinson's been there. I think this is a weird one-off. Why hasn't he been a thing all these years? Like he's he's not new to this team. So for me, Miko Hardman's that guy that I'm still buying into I was buying into him in deep leagues all over the place because I was worried what if Tyreek Hill has another episode what if there's an issue so for me I still like Hardman there uh, He got the touchdown this week I think this week he has that potential again It's the first home game for them they haven't been home all year yet so we'll see how that works out but uh, until Tyreek Hill comes back Hardman's that guy and I think when Tyreek Hill does come back I would be shocked if they didn't find ways to get Michael Hardman the ball because that's just another weapon they have in this arsenal
2: yeah Yeah, yeah, it's a good point. And they'll design plays for him the way they did for Tyreek Hill when he was a rookie. Yeah, I mean, the problem is Watkins is still there and Kelsey is still there. Maybe look, maybe there are enough mouths to feed in this thing. I don't know. But it seems to me it's dangerous from a season long perspective because you could get very big boomer bust weeks from these guys and. And really having no clue what their game script is. Having no I think clue you what watch the corner is. matchups.
3: You play this like you would play DFS. I think if you're if you're a DFS player, this is easier to do to transfer it over into your season long leagues. But if you play the cornerback matchups properly, you look at the bad grades on corners and who's going to line up on who, that's when you can say, Oh, you know what, if you own, let's say, more than one of these guys, you go, okay, this is going to be a Watkins week or this is going to be a, you know, if Marcus Robinson's on on the right side or whatever it ends up being, that's what you're going to see. And I think that's how you play this until Tyreek Hill comes back
2: marquise brown hollywood brown he's had two back-to-back really good weeks from lamar jackson and it looks like jackson has two main targets at this point uh andrews is obviously the number one target i gotta start him everywhere can't make that mistake again but brown had another good week and and he was fantastic at oklahoma joe he didn't play almost at all in the preseason so there really wasn't this clamoring for him but he is basically the deep ball guy right now for lamar jackson so Could be a little boomy busty in fantasy, but man, he is—he's basically catching everything that's going his way. It sounds like a nightclub I was taken
3: to on my 21st birthday. The boomy busty—I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Did you hook up with the busty? busty? (laughs) I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna speak to that. (laughs) I will say that uh, that's something. So far, again, the competition's been questionable. We all know that, but so far, I think this is a very good sign. And I was a big Lamar Jackson guy in the draft. I was surprised that he lasted as far as he did, and I was actually a little surprised because I thought. I really thought there was a chance that Bill Belichick might go, Oh, you know what? I think I'm going to take that guy <laughs> so just to see, just to be that jerk who takes this guy that could be the next step of where the evolution of the NFL quarterback position might go. Uh, and I think that the Ravens did a great job when they went out there and took him. And now when you go back and look at that class and you see Rosen, what he's not done, mm-hmm. you see Baker Mayfield has been good, but then some other times not so good. It's, it's fascinating. Well, you know, the the tale's not done yet on this draft class, but you of know, course. Josh Allen was also a lot better than I think people gave him credit for too. So, I think this is a very big step forward. Now I want to see it against some real teams. That's what I want to see. Go do it against, you know, the Pats. Go do it, you know, now that Fitz, Mika Fitzpatrick's there, maybe the Steelers' defense will improve a little bit. Go do it against the Steelers, and then, then I'll start to really bang the drum, but I think this is a very big positive so far.
2: All right, DJ Chark, who wasn't really talked about at all. I mean, you could have gone two or three offensive options on Jacksonville before you would have got to him. At the very least, Joe, it looks like Gardner Minshew has some camaraderie here with throwing to Chark. And there is certainly a chance that he could become fantasy relevant. But through the years, Joe, it's been really tough to identify a Jacksonville receiver because they've had guys like Marquise Lee and D.D. Westbrook that have come on the scene. They've had a Allen Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Robinson was actually pretty consistent over 16 games, but it's, it, was, it was hard to find a guy that was going to do it on a week to week basis. So Chark after two weeks looks good. But the question moving forward is, is he somebody that you can even consider starting? Because if you do, and he's a bust that week, you're going to be miserable at yourself for making that choice. I think in deeper leagues, you can. I think in the 12 team, it's right on the edge. It depends
3: on what your roster looks like. But what happens when you lose a quarterback and then they have another guy come in there is who has he been comfortable with? Who has he been practicing with? And who's he got the timing with? And clearly, DJ has been that guy for Minshew. And I think that is not something you should take lightly. He's a guy that floated on waiver wires last week and nobody picked him up for the same reason. Now, two weeks later, I think
2: you have to. I think you'd be crazy not
3: to pick him up because I still think you can get him on the cheap.
2: Miles Sanders is somebody that I have in, in one league. I'm fortunate to be 2-0, and and again, it's the Lamar Jackson League, so it, it shouldn't be a huge surprise for you. But um, I saw him play against the Saints, and kind of like – I put Sanders – I mean, even though David Montgomery went higher than Sanders, I'm kind of putting them in that same category right now where I'm not giving up at all, but I have to say that after two weeks, I did not get what I paid for. So I guess that I would throw it back to you with this and say – Will I end up getting what I paid for with Miles Sanders as basically a guy that you have to start? If you took Sanders in the fourth or fifth round, probably fifth round, he's your running back two or your flex. Am I going to get that at some
3: point? I I have him as an RB2 in one of my leagues, and it's killing me right now because he was somebody that, you know, every now and then I'll take somebody that I feel like maybe I'll be wrong about. And this is one of those scenarios where so far I've been right and I'm mad that that one league I was like, you know, it's always good to kind of diversify a little bit and say, look, I'm not going to be right on everything. Maybe Miles Sanders does really break through and become this guy. Mm -hmm. And I took him and right now I am regretting it because my fear was Doug Peterson and Doug Peterson once again is uh, the killer of all fantasy backfields. And it doesn't matter how talented the guys are or not. It's just the same deal every year. Now, I'm not losing hope altogether because I don't think either of the first two game scripts really went their way. But at the same time, I think it's time that, you know, uh, Miles Sanders should have had a huge game against Atlanta. They are a team that struggles with backs like him, especially backs like him catching the football out of the backfield. And to me, it was just not enough feeding him the ball and not enough of him in the game plan. So we'll see, because the Eagles right now, they could easily be 0-2. They are 1-1, but they need to go back to the drawing board a little bit, because this offense right now is completely unbalanced for me.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, Teddy Bridgewater starts for the Saints this week. I, I Maybe I'm more high on him than some others, just because of the guys that he has around him, for sure. Uh, there'll be a lot of decisions to be made, whether you pick him up or whether you pick Mason Rudolph up, or even maybe Luke Falk, dare I say. man, Luke Falk's out there, too. Um so I I guess we've we've talked about this quite a bit you you're going to take your stab at Rudolph here over Bridgewater is that the way that you see it here I,
3: I am think? because I I'm thinking he's the long term option there and like Bridgewater might be 6 weeks could be 8 weeks we shall see I I'm not saying Bridgewater is bad I'm just saying from a fantasy numbers perspective, I think there might be some more opportunity even in garbage time for Mason Rudolph to be successful. I do like Jared cook though with Bridgewater. I think that's an excellent fit. So people who might be sour on, on cook floating
2: around, you're looking for a tight end. That might be an intriguing buy low. Yeah. I think Kamara is the one that's going to take the biggest hit out of all this on uh, on the saints and Connor for Pittsburgh too. Okay. Uh, Marcus Mariota, Carson Wentz, they're on the ground all the time. It seemed like the Falcons were destroying Wentz, of course, Joe. On uh, on Sunday night, we're going to talk about that. We'll get to a whole lot more. This is fantasy sports today. Don't go away. We got our buy lows and our sell highs next.
4: share exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract. They've helped thousands of people and they're a plus rated with a BBB. So if you feel scammed, get mad and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now, guaranteed call in O W 800-804-7060, 800-804-7060, 800-804-7060.
5: That's 800-804-7060. 800-961-3631, Eight hundred nine
4: six one three six three one. 3631 961 3631
0: 961 3631 I like fantasy sports today. And I like football. And I'm going to keep doing them both because they make me feel good. Hey!
2: And welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizapia, Sean Guastamacchia producing our program today. Hey, full-time fantasy is coming your way at 2 o'clock Eastern. Adam Ronis and Dr. Roto, they got you covered. By the way, download the Zumo app and you can see all of our shows on television that appear on the app and it is absolutely free. So make sure you download that. Catch all of the program that we have on SportsGrid. Do it right now. Get involved. It's an easy way to get all of your content. And again, we ain't charging you a penny for it. So head on over there. Download the app and uh, type in sports grid. You can see the shows live. Well, it's time for a little uh, buy low, sell high segment. And coming off last week, Joe, there are certainly a lot of buy lows. There's no question about that. And uh, interesting list that you put together here because I think on this list, at the very least, I see two guys who I completely disagree with you. So I'll I'll, uh, love your thoughts on that. But let's start off with one that I do agree with you, which is you're saying that at this point, even with the injury, to Drew Brees, you're still in on the Saints. But who are you in on at this point? Who are you buying low on at this point? All Saints. All Saints. I'm,
3: I'm in. I want them all, and I want them all on the cheap, and here's why. Because I'm not saying you're going to get them for nothing, but I think you're going to get a discount, and here's how you sell it to the owner of Michael Thomas or Alvin Kamara. This is what you do. You say, look, they're going to go on the road against the Seahawks, against the Jaguars, against the Bears the next six weeks. That's those are all tough matchups. That's all true. That that is tough. This is the selling point of how you make this deal work. And you come out with an elite talent. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to be able to, you know, just get him for nothing. But there will be an overreaction in some league to this Drew Brees injury. And Alvin Kamara is still an elite talent. Michael Thomas is still an elite talent. They're still far and away better and still number ones, no matter what happens, no matter who's playing quarterback. And guess what? You're gonna see some Taysom Hill in there too, and there's gonna be all kinds of gadgets. And Sean Payton's gonna to go to the drawing board and cook up a whole bunch of stuff. So don't you worry; they're gonna find ways to score points. So I'm telling you right now, that's how you sell it because people would say, "Oh, well, you're not gonna get Thomas or or you know have a Camaro away from an owner." I think you can. I think you can. If you point to the schedule, you point to Teddy Bridgewater. But the reason I like it is. If you already have a good team, let's say you got off to a 2-0 start, you could add a talent like Kamara or add a talent like Michael Thomas. All of a sudden now, now you're in a spot where at some point in time of the season, Drew Brees is going to come back at some point, and it's going to be during your fantasy playoffs. Now you've got Drew Brees in the fantasy playoffs. That's where you want to be. That's the time where all of a sudden those weapons, especially in those home games, could be spectacular. There's every reason to think that he's going to be all right at the end of the season, and when you get later on the year, they're playing the Falcons, they're playing the 49ers, they're playing the Colts, they're playing the Titans. Those are the last four games there. And they're playing the Bucks and Panthers before that if you get Drew Brees back in time in the short end. So all of a sudden, you could have a fantastic finish to the season. So I would be very aggressive there. And I'd be aggressive on Jared Cook, as I mentioned the last section too.
2: Yep, Saints uh, clearly at this point are not done. You just have to hope that by the time they get back to Drew Brees that they're at least a 500 team and they're 1-1 one and one right now. So it's certainly... Seem to be possible. Uh, your second one here is one that I don't agree with at all. Uh, Devonta Freeman, Joe, you're going to have to sell me here on this one. I've seen him play a couple of games. I've seen one good run in two games from him. Why, why should I be buying low on Devonta Freeman? Your reaction.
3: Your reaction is exactly why. Because I think this is a guy you can get for nothing. And I don't think he's going to lose that job quite yet. So the fact that he hasn't played football in quite some time. I'm going to give him, I'm going to give this offense a little bit more time to get right. And I think the negativity is so strong that the price is so low and you buy in the basement, you're buying in the bargain. And look, I'm I'm making no beef about this. I am absolutely a Freeman owner in a lot of spots. So yes, I want him to be good. And no, I can't sell him right now because I can't imagine what people are going to give me for him. that's going to be worth it. But I do think the disenfranchisement is real. The negativity is real. Your reaction says it all, and that's why I think he's a buy low because you can get him for nothing, and it's all upside. If he fails, he fails. It didn't cost you much, and that's the whole thing. Would you rather start Frank Gore or Devontae Freeman next week? Frank Gore. Exactly. Now, you're telling me Frank Gore is a better fantasy asset the rest of the year, potentially? Yeah. I don't think he has the same ceiling. No way. Not with Singletary
2: there, too. I'm I'm not in on Freeman at all, man. I think I, right. think, I think. I you think can get that kind I, of. I don't think done. his career is over, but I think it's you know we're on the back end now. I think. Right. It, listen, his his, va- his total before the season on Fanduel for rushing yards was among the lowest in the NFL. It was uh, like eight hundred and fifty, and at the time I thought you know what that seems pretty right. I, I just don't like the way that this is shaping up for him, and um, I'm sorry. I just I don't. I mean, listen, we're not going to agree on everything. I just I don't, I think that Devontae Freeman's days of Remember, starting. I'm not saying he's going to be great. I'm saying he's a buy low because I think the, opportunity yeah, but I, I mean, I, I think, I, I think you're, you're buying low and you're getting low in my, okay, opinion. that's, right. yeah, that's yeah, I, fair. That's absolutely fair. I done is a strong word. I'm not going to say done. Cause I could see him having games of, of 12 carries, 45 yards and touchdown. But I think that's, that's all you're getting going forward. I think it's, I think the days of, of him being uh, great are done. But not even close. Uh, and also seven, I'm not ready to give up yet. Yeah, I am. Uh, also, uh, O.J. Howard uh, for Tampa. And I suppose, look, he could still put some good games together for sure. But the reason why he's such a buy low is because he was he's the hugest bust in tight end in terms of going, ding, into, ding, ding. Season. going like, wow. into week three.
3: No, but like Jason Witten, like you pointed out so astutely yesterday, has more. Love Witten. <laughs> no, right. But it doesn't mean O.J. Howard isn't still an elite talent. And guess who's coming to town this weekend? The Giants historically one of the worst teams in football in defensive spots with the tight end for the last five years they cannot figure this out they have not figured it out if there's one team for OJ Howard to get healthy on it's going to be the Giants and then you know what's going to happen to that window if he catches seven balls for 100 yards and a touchdown that window is going to slam shut and you've had so many tight ends like Waller like Hawkinson uh, the pop-up there on the free agent wire, like maybe even Mark Andrews. Now I'm saying you want to trade Mark Andrews for him, but I think with Waller and Hawkinson, this is your shot to flip one of these guys you got off the waiver wire for OJ Howard, who is still a fantastic talent, who it's way too soon to give up on, but some owners lose patience very quickly, and the Giants are just the right team to buy on OJ Howard and then throw him in your lineup this week. It's going to be beautiful.
2: All right, you know, I don't agree, but but, you know, I don't, Feel as strongly as I do about Freeman with him because I think Howard will have some good games this year. But I've been hearing about this now for two years, and it just hasn't happened. So, uh, look, we'll we'll see. I'm just not big on on their quarterback at all, and that and that becomes a problem. But could I see Howard going four catches, fifty yards, and a touchdown this weekend? Sure, and that's a reason why at least he's a hold and not a and not a sell. I wouldn't I wouldn't sell him at his lowest value. Also. Uh, Okay, Le'Veon Bell. uh, This is an obvious one here. I just don't know, Joe, that someone's willing to sell Le'Veon Bell for 60 cents on the dollar after you took him in the first round. And he did get a lot of volume last night. So I would obviously agree here. I just don't know who'd be willing to punt this player so early on in the season.
3: Because the quarterback situation, because people see this and they go, oh, no. And then they roll their eyes and they go, well, the Jets are going to stink and the offense is going to stink. And that's true. And what they might not think about is what you just pointed out, which is the volume. The volume is going to be there. So as long as the volume is going to be there, who cares? Like, yeah, maybe it's going to limit his touchdown upside week to week. Okay, that's fine. But is it going to limit his volume, and how much he touches the football? No. And I don't think Le'Veon Bell is the kind of guy that gives up. And from what I saw to Le'Veon Bell last night, he is going out there and trying to prove he's worth every bit of money they gave him. Um, the ceiling is capped for sure until Darnold comes back, but Darnold's going to come back eventually. The gloom and doom around the Jets after this week and then after this coming week when they go to New England, it's not going to be pretty, that's for sure. They got to go to New England now. I'm telling you, it's going to be an all-time negative. This is your one opportunity in the year where somebody's going to overreact and Le'Veon Bell is going to be... Available if you make the right offer, and I would be trying to purchase him on the low.
2: Last one, Juju Smith Schuster. I mean, look, he's not going to meet the numbers, I don't think, that that you would have had projected for him at the end of the season, and he's not going to come close, but he certainly still could have a good year, Joe. But what would that good year look like if you bought low on him? I still think you could probably have a thousand yards and eight touchdowns
3: for him. I, I don't, don't see why not. Right. Yeah, and and right. you know what? That's still a low end wide receiver one in that high-end wide receiver two conversation. I think that's still right in there. And here you go again, no Roethlisberger all year or right off the bat. You're all worried. There's all the buzz about this, you know, Rudolph and Washington having this rapport. There's a lot of negativity surrounding the juju. And I think this is a great opportunity because it's a great kid, a kid who is a professional, a kid who really cares. And if anything, this is an opportunity to prove himself. And there's going to be so much negativity around it that people are going to panic and sell off their shares And you should be buying them because... I mean, rest of the season, would you rather have Juju or Tyler Boyd? It's close, but I think it's – those are two guys that – It's a tough example there.
2: It. It's a tough example because of Green coming back. I, I would I would like – would you rather have Juju or Galladay? That's a good comparison. Well, I think you want to have Galladay right
3: now because I think Galladay is finally emerging as the wide receiver right. one. We wanted him to right. be two years ago and last year.
2: <laughs> so I, I, I'd want to put Juju up against someone who I know that there isn't someone coming right. back and, and taking
3: But that's spot. exactly the kind of trade I want to think about because going into the year, you would put Juju way ahead of Tyler of course, Boyd. Of course. But If you can get that deal done now, I think you take Juju the rest of the season. All right, we'll be
2: back with some sell-high players after this. Don't go away.
0: Fantasy Sports today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia.
6: Welcome
2: back Fantasy Sports today. Joe pizapia Craig Mish, we went through some buy low players. Now it's time to figure out who we're going to sell high on and of course Joe has provided me this list prior so in taking a look at this, it's hard to argue with really any of these, but I'll do my best to try and make good conversation with it, even though I agree on a lot of them, unfortunately. Uh, let's start off with the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, you got two guys that you're selling high on, Joe, with the Bengals, and it shouldn't come to anybody as a surprise because, look, the only, the only reason why you would be buying on the Bengals, Joe, is for garbage time points, which are very valuable in fantasy, but I think that these two players are limited to garbage points this year.
3: Yeah, I think so, too. And what you just mentioned in the last segment about A.J. Green coming back soon. It, at some point, we assume he's out of the walking boot already. He's already running. So that's probably in the next couple of weeks. What does that do to John Ross? And here's the thing. You know, nobody believed in John Ross after the week one. Now it's week two. And you see him have another big fantasy game. Now, when you dig a little deeper and you see he only caught half of his targets, you don't love that. You don't love that most of the yardage came on one big play, but that's what John Ross is. So you start to understand this is a guy where I think in a lot of my buddy Scott likes to call him Ruben boob leagues or in a lot of the casual leagues. All people look at is the points. All people look at is the stats. When you dig a little deeper, the stats show you there's still plenty of risk there and potentially opportunity dwindling. And I think when you add all of those in, that equation becomes very difficult with John Ross potentially in the next, next couple of weeks. So if you did pick him up and you played him this week and you got another good week at him, this is the kind of guy you could package in a deal with somebody else to get a better player. Maybe this is part of the package to get Juju. Maybe this is part of the package to get somebody like that, uh, where you're adding a couple of players that are useful. And for that one great difference maker player, which is what you usually want. You want that high RPV guy, the guy who makes a difference on a weekly basis instead of the guy like Ross, who may or may not show up to play football. And Ross has, for a couple of years, been a bit of a pariah because he had a lot of talent. He was a burner, but there was a lot of questions of why and how he wouldn't translate into the offense. I think this is a better offense for him, but I think the opportunity is dwindling, and that's the problem I have with Ross, and that's why he's a sell-high.
2: Shocking to me that you would have Carlos Hyde here as a sell-high guy, Joe. This is just shocking information to bring to the well, <laughs> Who in the world? Who in the world is wants Carlos Hyde right now? Like, give me the owners. Give me the owner. Miles
3: Sanders owners as RB twos who are getting crushed right now. Okay,
2: that's fair. Give me
3: um, Devontae Freeman owners who are getting crushed right now. Maybe. Le'Veon Bell owners who are no, panicking. Okay. If, no, wait, 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 you wait, get, wait, you had the me in there. Only good running back. Hold on, hold on. Those are just two off the top of my head. I'm what I'm saying is this. There's a lot of people right now who are looking for depth, who are panicking a little bit. Uh, James Conner owners who are panicking right now at running back. At least you can sell Hyde right now off this volume of two weeks. Two weeks, the volume has been steady. The volume has been there. And as you said, the selling point is the volume in this offense has always been there. He is the new Lamar Miller. Boom, there you go. And Lamar Miller wasn't that great to begin with. So if you can get out from Hyde right now, This is the perfect time because I don't know if there will be a better time to get out from Hyde ownership and maybe just maybe you can turn him into something. So that to me is what you're looking at. And that's why I'm looking to flip him right now. I'm not saying you're going to get great stuff. I'm saying these are guys to package. This is guys where maybe if you put a Ross and a Hyde together, you can get a better piece that's in your lineup every week. And Hyde cost you nothing in the draft. So it's all bonus points right now. I'm not saying he's any good, but I'm saying the volumes there. And if I'm, I'll tell you right now, in that league where I got Miles Sanders, I'd rather be starting Carl's Hyde this week than Miles Sanders, and I don't feel real good about him as my RB, too. Yeah,
4: yeah,
2: I suppose it's a fair point. It's just really How hard. How about the
3: Tevin it. Coleman owner? There's another one. I mean, we can go down the list.
2: There's a lot of them. Yeah, I just don't know that someone's going to give you anything for the guy. That's the that Joe Mixon my... owner who's
3: terrified right now. <laughs> like they just keep coming dude
2: i I would i know i would be terrified of all of them it's just for me Hyde isn't someone that i don't know that anyone's gonna go give you anything like i mean uh, i don't i don't know hey look maybe so it just depends on the kind of league you're in uh aaron Rodgers is your third one and and rogers's numbers have really come down it's just just more of an emphasis to run the ball in green bay with Lafleur there
3: yeah, ding ding ding. That's it. I just think they are an offense that realizes almost kind of like what the Pats did a couple years ago, which is hey, we got an older quarterback who could still sling it, but we want to limit the exposure a little bit. We want to make sure he gets through the season and gets into the playoffs. And a more balanced attack is the way to do that. And he is efficient if anything. Aaron Rodgers has been incredibly efficient still this year, no picks on the year, hardly any picks last year. The passer ratings wonderful, but these 200 yard games are not fantasy worthy. Like I can get 200 yards and two touchdowns out of a lot of jabronis out there, but you know, I don't, I didn't draft Aaron Rodgers for that. And it's not going to take very long for the rest of the fantasy owners to start to catch up with this fact. I had arguments with a lot of people who were telling me Aaron Rodgers was going to be the number one quarterback when the 2019 season was over. And I laughed at them and I said, why, what, what do the green Bay Packers have to prove to make that a reality for us. Zero. What does Patrick Mahomes and and show us? He shows us that this is what they need. They have to outscore everybody because that defense sucks. And if this Green Bay Packers defense is as good as we think it is over these last two weeks, even more to the point they're going to control the ball and win this way. And that is a much better thing. They care about W's, not about your fantasy team. So get rid of Rodgers while you can.
2: Finally, uh, Demarcus Robinson off that big game last week. Uh, You know, Joe, there's going to be some people who are going to look at this and go, what? Like, this guy looked great against Kansas City, but certainly it would be hard-pressed for him to do it again, right? Yeah, absolutely.
3: And this is probably a guy that in deeper leagues you picked up off the waiver wire. And people in deeper leagues are always chasing points. And he put up huge points last week. So why not dangle him out there? See what you can get. Because there might be somebody dealing with injuries. There might be somebody dealing with bad play where they just want to try to put a hot player in their lineup. And in the 14, 16 team leagues, this is a reality where you're just trying to play the hot hand and win week to week and get by. And it's very difficult to do in deep NFL leagues. And I think Robinson is a perfect guy to flip because there's an expiration date. In fact, this might be the one and only game and you might've gotten it. If you picked him up last week, if you started him, great, maybe you did, but this is probably the biggest one off you're going to see all year.
2: Yeah. And I, and I think that there are a lot of other players that you could put in this category, Joe. And, and look, it's, it's two weeks of the season. And I think that here is the point that I would illustrate with, as we kind of wrap this up with buy lows and even sell highs. Uh, first week of the season, there's a massive overreaction to what's happening. The second week of the fantasy season, we get back to a little bit of normalcy. And a good example of that is, for example, uh, like a TJ Hawkinson who had, you know, a huge first week and, Everyone's starting him as their tight end one and, and benching guys who they drafted because they think he's going to be great. And then things come back to normal a little bit. And then there are other players who really have had good weeks and continue it going in week three. And so let's wrap it up with this one. Uh, Andy Dalton, the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals. We talked about John Ross here at the top, but here is why it's hard for me to sell high on Dalton, Joe. I like there's so many other quarterbacks who have gone down that like if you're selling Dalton to someone else, doesn't it have to be that Dalton is your backup? Like if you're starting Dalton and you have no one else, how can you sell high on him? It is difficult. It has to be the perfect storm where you have a
3: lot of QB depth. Like if you're a team that has, how oh, if it's a super flex where you got four quarterbacks on your roster and I have some like that, that, you know, because that's how important quarterback is in that particular scoring where it's six points per touchdown and all that stuff. I'm just looking ahead and I see the Bills on the road. I see the Steelers on the road. I see the Ravens on the road. I see the Rams on the road. I see the Jaguars coming to Cincinnati. Those are all situations where I don't feel great about Andy Dalton, even in garbage time potentially. So I think what you've seen out of him so far is hey, my gosh, look at these numbers in and Andy Dalton. Oh, my God, look at the fact all these quarterbacks are dying, and that makes for a perfect overpay. And I just think that you're seeing a situation where these quarterbacks are coming on the waiver wire now, like Bridgewater, like Daniel Jones potentially, like Mason. Rudolph and Jones are going to be the quarterbacks the rest of the season here pretty soon. So Andy Dalton is a perfect guy to flip when people are panicking and they just want the name brand guy. And they don't realize that from an RPV standpoint, there's really not going to be much difference in the next six weeks between all these guys in terms of points. They're going to be within a couple points of each other probably most weeks. That's why you take advantage of it. You take advantage of the name. You take advantage of the circumstance. And when you compound those two things, you have an opportunity to really sell high on somebody and improve your roster that you're starting at other positions.
2: All right, we'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back next, we're going to go into a little baseball discussion. The first mock draft of the Fantasy Baseball season for 2020 actually just happened this week. We've got uh, the first pitch forum coming up in Arizona. So, of course, you guys know me for baseball, and and my baseball discussion never stops. In fact, uh, I'll be at a Marlins instructional game this afternoon taking a look at their future from my podcast today. Uh, in, coming up in about an hour. That game's going to get underway. I'm going to head down to Marlins Park. But I thought we would get an early look on some of the fantasy baseball discussion. Joe and I will do that coming up next, and then we've got some exit velocity before we send off this show to full-time fantasy, which comes up at the top of the hour. Fantasy Sports today, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, otherwise known as FNTSY, continues with our first look at baseball in 2020. So don't go anywhere. Plenty more to come. Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia right here on this Tuesday. And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes right here on Fantasy Sports Today. Don't go away.
1: Proudly made in America
0: Full-Time Fantasy Mason Rudolph, I'm going to put in my bid. Would you bid on Taysom Hill? No. It doesn't seem like he's going to start. Now, I don't know, do they mix him in for 10 to 15 plays? Even so, that's probably not enough to start him. If you want to do a small bid in Stash, I'm sure. But- so here's what I think I'm going to do. I think I'm going to bid like a dollar or two on Matt Barkley. That way I have the bills back up. So then I have the bills and the
6: Giants and I'm done.
0: Weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern on the Fantasy Sports Network and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pisapia.
2: And welcome back. It is fantasy sports today. Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizapia, here on the show, we've covered a lot of different topics since we've started the show. Um, an interesting topic, by the way, in fantasy that happened earlier today that we should uh, mention and just kind of touch on real quick. Um, Daniel Jones, Joe, going to make the start for the New York Giants. So before we get into our uh, baseball discussion, Let's uh, hit on that real quick. Uh, you said that you uh, you drafted Daniel Jones in a few fantasy leagues, and now you're going to get a chance to at least watch him play this week. I did. What what my
3: fallback solution was to any draft in the Superflex scenario where the draft got away from me a quarterback for a second quarterback if I didn't like the value on the board, or even more to the point, if I had two quarterbacks I liked, but I wanted to kind of just bury myself in the depth of wide receiver and running back just so I had enough to get by was to just take Daniel Jones at the end because I thought this was a foregone conclusion that he was going after the preseason he had. There was no way that the Giants were going to turn the page within, I thought, the first six weeks of the season. Now it looks like it's going to be the third week of the season. So it's looking pretty good with that. Now, I don't know how good he's going to be. He's not going to be the savior. The Giants are still not a good football team, but can he put up 15 points, 13 points? Yeah, he can put up 15 points on a week, and I think that's fine. And plus, he's going to get golden Tate back in two weeks. So that's a positive too. hopefully Sterling Shepard back soon. So really, Eli was kind of starting the season at a deficit. But as far as I'm concerned, it was a foregone conclusion. You knew this was coming. And now I think Giants fans can sit back and go, "Okay, we had two Super Bowls with Eli Manning. We should respect what he did. He was a really great giant for a long time. He never got in trouble, never had an issue. He showed up in big games. Yes, there was a lot of bad along with it. But you know what? During this run of the Bill Belichick era how many teams can look back and say they made it to two Super Bowls let alone one, two let alone beat the Patriots twice and I think they should sit back and give him a big round of applause and turn the page to uh the new franchise what are your feelings about the Daniel Jones era beginning now
2: I, I you, you said it all there perfectly there's nothing else I can add to that so let, let's move on to that and move on to Manning here for a minute because I think obviously no one is starting Daniel Jones this week unless you're in a super flex league but people will pick him up and speculate you hit it. Okay. So there's, that's exactly the explanation that I would have given, would have given. But in terms of historically, as you mentioned, Eli Manning, if you're in any league that you own Eli Manning and it's a standard fantasy league, Joe, I'm going to guess you cut him unless you're going to give me, you know, any other reason to keep him because well, you shouldn't have owned one. him in a standard single quarterback anyway, but. Right. Right. Well, a deeper bench, maybe you did. Yeah. All uh, right. But, but, but is there any interest at all to now add him in a league? where he potentially ends up, let's say, with the Jets, where he ends up with the Steelers. I don't think that the Saints would take him on, although there is the Louisiana uh, you know, tie there with his dad and all that, with the, him being part of the Saints franchise for a long time. I wonder if, if they would do that. But do you think that this is it? Like, for example, if I said to you, Eli Manning, Vegas number, a half is the number of starts the rest of his career. One half, meaning a half of a start. Would you go over or under rest of his career?
3: I would go over because there's always a chance Daniel Jones gets hurt in the next couple of weeks and Eli has to come in and eliminating start a game. that. Eliminating that from Well, the I can't eliminate that because it's football. So I like, I just if, if did. That I just gave you a, I just you eliminated. eliminated. Now All
2: now right. I'll ask you um, again. If Daniel under. Jones does not under. get hurt, I'm rephrasing the question. If Daniel Jones does not get hurt, I'm gonna give you a half. Does Eli Manning start another game for the rest of his career?
3: No, I don't think he does. I think he finishes out here and retires at the end of the season and he plays his whole career with the Giants. I think that's, I think he's one of his old school guys that he's, this has been his run and he doesn't have anything else to offer. The Jaguars make sense theoretically the most, but I just don't think they're going to look at that and say that Eli Manning gives them a better chance to win than. Garner Minshew does right now. I don't think anybody can sit there and say that necessarily. Also, depending on how you look at his contract, too, how you could take that on, and absorb it with the cap and, and everything yeah, going that's, on there. That's because true. I don't even know. He, how that works. You have to keep in, in mind right now his base salary for this year is still eleven point five. I'm on Spot Track right now looking at it, and you know, I mean, the cap hit too. If they just let go of him, it's like twenty three million. So what they need is they need him to foster this exchange of the torch. And I think that they will. And I think he will. He's that kind of guy. He always has been that kind of guy. You know, people laugh and they'll call him a goober and they think he's boring or all these. And then, he is. he's all those things. But at the same time, he's always been very serious about the game. And I think he has great reverence for the game that was kind of instilled in him with his family. And I think he's going to recognize where he is and what he means to this organization. He's been Mr. Giant for the last decade and a half. At $11.5 million, I don't see anybody taking that salary on in the cap and figuring out a way to work him in. They've, everyone can play fantasy in their head with Eli Manning going to other teams. I don't see it happening. I think the Giants keep him, and they, it's important to have a guy like Eli Manning and somebody like that that you could talk to about what was going on in the game. I think that will be invaluable to Daniel Jones.
2: And we go from the Eli Manning discussion to a little baseball discussion, Joe. And I know that you had uh, recently a mock draft for the 2020 season, so I'm all in on this. Very exciting. Uh, First few picks in the draft, we had Ronald Acuna, Mike Trout, Christian Yelich go one, two, three. And I know that you were involved in this draft as well. You had back-to-back picks. You went all offense. You went Soto. You went J.D. Martinez. Uh, Tell us a little bit about who was in this and kind of your thoughts on, on how it went.
3: Uh, these were actually a bunch of writers over a fan track. So you had uh, Scott Bogman, who's uh, Mr. Black book with me, Eric cross, who's one of the best prospect guys out there for fantasy. He does all the prospect work for the black book uh, last year, all the hundred write up. So uh, he is incredible at that. He's definitely a guy. I think next year we're going to, you know, you should definitely have on the show here, whether I'm here or not. Uh, Nate Dawkins, uh, Van Lee, Michael Florio, who you're familiar with from FNTSY mm-hmm. too. So a bunch of the staff writers, they tried to do an early mock and just kind of see, take the temperature of where things are at. And, You know, it's not a shocking scenario of where things are. I'm still always continuously shocked by Trey Turner and everybody loving him. That just never seems to end no matter what. But that's fine. That's just me. That's my problem. But for me, my approach to this was very simple. I don't think early pitching is a good investment anymore. The guys that are still the, quote, reliable guys have a lot of mileage on them. And that scares the bejesus out of me. And the one thing that is paramount in baseball right now is power. And just because you go, oh, well, everybody's hitting home runs. Yeah, that's true. But the problem is everybody's hitting home runs. So you need more of them than you think you used to need. And this is why I think Black Book prepares you better because we think a little bit outside the box and we go dig a little deeper. And I think Juan Soto is one of the best complete players. To me, it was a no-brainer to take him. Uh, Then J.D. Martinez with the second one, uh, Pete Alonso. And then in the fifth round, I took Eugenio Suarez. And between all those guys, I think they're all going to have 90 runs. They're all going to have 90 RBI. They're all going to have 30-plus home runs. And they're all going to have a batting average somewhere between 260 and 300, I think. I think that's a fair assessment that those guys can reach those levels. And I'll figure out stolen bases. I'll accumulate them together and be competitive. I don't want to say I punt because I don't believe in punting anything in that sort of scenario. And if this was a head-to-head, I would be obviously very pitching heavy because yeah. head to heads a totally different avenue. But in this season-long roto format, to me, I think the best thing to do is get those guys that are young who are hitting home runs and have solidified spots in their lineup. So I'm curious when you look at these teams, Greg, who is it that kind of pops to you in terms of roster construction that you kind of like off the bat? Uh,
2: yeah, it's, it's interesting to me because it's so fresh. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, I'll, I'll, you know, for me, there's some things that I would do and there's some things that I wouldn't do. Um, you know, I, I found Aaron judge it, slipping almost to the end of the second was fascinating to it, me. It, it is. and And you think about somebody taking a shot even on Stanton who didn't play at all in the fifth round, like assuming that that guy's going to come back and play a healthy season is something I wouldn't do. I think that he's got to slip a little bit further in some drafts. Uh, also Severino in the sixth round, like you got to be nuts. Like, I, I mean, he hasn't pitched at all this year and that's you're banking on a healthy season from Severino at that point? If I'm playing out this league, there's no way I'm doing that. And then the interesting thing here is uh, you, uh, Nathan Dockin, it looks like here, he got Trevor Story, and then he basically went steals and pitching from there. And I don't know how in the world that his offense would be able to keep up with somebody like yours. Like, there's just no chance of that happening. If And, and again, I love uh, DeGrom and Clevenger, but at the point where he took Giolito, I am taking some offense at that point. I cannot let that go any further. I stack his team up against yours. Yeah, his pitching may be better, but there's no shot that he comes even close to some of those offensive benchmarks that you have. And so it's interesting to see the, the way that everybody attacked it and also how pitching went from very heavy round one, round two, like in the NFBC format to one pitcher in the first round. And then uh, Shane Bieber, the second pitcher, or I'm sorry. No, the, no, the, he's the yeah, yeah, Grom the the Scherzer. Bieber, yeah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's like
3: Shane Bieber over Walker Bueller. Like that one, that one kind of shocked me as well. Walker Bueller is one of the few guys that I would take a shot on in the second round. If I was a little later in the second round, I would have, but I'm not going to pass on J.D. Martinez yet. Like, I'm just not there where I'm passing on a guy like that who could drop 40 bombs. I'm going to take all the power I can get, and I'm going to build my team that way, because guess what? I'll find, and and I think I do, because I think a couple rounds later, I waited and I got Jack Flaherty, who I think could be very similar to the kind of season – for a full season that Walker Bueller had this year. And I think that's the thing when you're looking at the replacement value of pitching and the streaming of pitching is something you can manage that you cannot do that. I think in the power categories in 2020, I think that you're just cruising for a bruise and not to mention the fact that when those guys do get hurt and they will, the pitcher injuries are far greater this year than, than the hitter injuries and they're all bad, but I just think you're, it's incredibly difficult to come back from that. And you're just, the replacement value is just not there.
2: Yeah, it's it, and and by the way, very early on to do a draft here, even in a mock draft. But it's funny that from Joe from last year's rankings and last year's draft to this year, is there any doubt that Giolito goes from somebody completely undrafted to the fifth round as the biggest jumper? Like, right? Probably. Like, what
3: staggers me that you're absolutely right about that, but what's
2: even staggering to me is that Noah Syndergaard still has a fifth round value. <laughs> There'll always be somebody that's going to take him. Well, there's
3: that. always that Met fan and that Yankee fan. And, you know, yeah, that's it's, what it's, it is. That's what it you know.
2: is. Syndergaard is in my is on my Gronkowski to list. list. <laughs> again, the guy who took Syndergaard in your fantasy league is not taking him again the next year. It's never it's never going to happen. But somebody <laughs> else always will. But you never will. I mean, there's it's just, you know, funny. how I
3: always try very hard to approach every mock or whatever it is, how I would play it out. I know some people in mocks like to try out stuff or especially industry mocks. They want to be talked about for, I'm going to take this guy that everyone's going to talk about my draft. And then everyone's going to follow me on Twitter because they're going to at me about it and blah, blah, blah. I don't care. My job is to help you win. That's what, that's what my role in this so every mock you see that I'm in, I'm doing exactly what I would be doing if I was playing for free If I was playing for a million dollars. It doesn't matter to me. I'm all in. This is what I would do. So you can always rest assured that's my process.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, a couple of guys who I don't see here um, is uh, I don't see real Muto. I would definitely have him in the first six rounds for sure. Yeah, see, I wouldn't. I catch her. Oh, forget it. I, he I, I'm the Mitch Garber oh owner God. everywhere this year. So, yeah, you know, one catcher you can't talk league. to me about catcher. Uh, he's uh, real Muto stealing bases, hitting home runs. Uh, uh, Jordan Alvarez is not here. I don't see him on the board anywhere. I definitely would have him. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Is, is I don't. Yeah, see he is. Him. He's oh, he third, okay. third round. Yeah. Third okay. round. So there. I did, yeah.
3: Jordan Alvarez is a guy. I think that that's a guy that's going to have a ton of helium that maybe he's in that fifth, sixth round discussion now. But by the time we get to you. you and I both know by the time we get to March and he's talked about ad nauseum and all the deep stats come out on him, it's going
2: to be you're going to be the third, fourth round value for him by the time March rolls around. Could very well be. All right. We'll take a quick time out here on Fantasy Sports today. When we come back next, uh, Joe Pisapia weighs in with a little exit velocity. Also, don't forget, you can catch the show live on the FNTSY app, but also on demand. With Google, Android, and, of course, the iTunes store. Especially, folks, if you're listening to this show on demand and you're listening on iTunes, please like, rate, and subscribe. Give us five stars to this podcast. And let us know on Twitter, at Craig Mish at Pizapia 17 So we certainly appreciate the support and appreciate all the ratings that we get. The more you rate our show, the higher we rank in terms of fantasy shows, and that's where we want to be. We'll take a quick timeout. Exit velocity is next. And then we send it over to full-time fantasy. Don't go away.
0: The morning line. You guys are going to read the headlines about, oh, the Cleveland Browns ran over. They won 23 to 3, but there was no running over anywhere. Baker Mayfield looked rattled most of the night, was not comfortable for all the supposed weapons this team is supposed to have. For as much hype as surrounding the Cleveland Browns, yeah, good luck on the road to the Rams here this week. Weekdays, 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on Sumo TV, Channel 719.
4: I continue to take Andro 400, and I've maintained my weight at 172. Gained muscle and energy. I'm 63 now and feel better than I have in 30 years. Andro 400, the natural way to increase testosterone, lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great. Try Andro 400, the safe, effective, affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. resort release today and learn for free how their timeshare exit team can help you legally exit your timeshare contract they've helped thousands of people and they're a plus rated with a bbb so if you feel scammed get mad and get out of your expensive timeshare contract right now guaranteed call n-o-w 800-804-7060 800-804-7060 800-804-7060.
5: That's 800-804-7060. What's your IRS problem? Do you owe back taxes? Is there a lien placed on your property? Have your bank accounts been frozen or seized? Have your wages been garnished? Are you being audited by the IRS? Are they sending you letters that demand actions and have urgent due dates?
0: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Misch and Joe Pizzapia.
2: And welcome back. It is the final segment of this Tuesday edition of the show. And before we go, let's turn it over to Joe Pisapia for a little exit velocity. I
0: feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. Nice velocity. Oh, everybody
3: was so upset because why all of the pass interference calls that weren't getting called? You know what? We should review that, too. And now what's happening? Now we're reviewing them. And now, well, this sucks. Now there's too many of them. There's no pleasing anybody out there. Just stop. Stop trying to micromanage everything, because what happens when you micromanage everything is you start to find the faults everywhere. Life is imperfect. Football is imperfect. Everything is imperfect. Sometimes we have to live with the imperfections. And if you don't like it, outscore the other team, play better then the officials will call the game. But stop complaining because you got what you wanted. And now if you don't like all the pass interference calls, it's too bad because you have no one to blame but yourself.
2: Yep. Good. Well said, Joe, for sure. Thanks to everybody who listened to the show today. Thanks again to our producer, Sean Guastamacchia, our guest, Derek Brown. And don't forget, we will be right back here on the show tomorrow. It is waiver wire Wednesday. We'll mix in probably a little Florida man tomorrow on the show as we uh, hit the midweek point and then get ready for another college football week and another pro football week. I would invite you guys tonight to check me out on the tube on the wager alarm tube with Howard Bender. Howard and I will take an early look at the lines for this week and uh, Howard and I uh, congratulations to us at Wager Alarm 7-0 and against the spread well done sir well done the only the only people in the contest to go 7-0 and this week in uh, college and pro football in the country so really cool accomplishment we'll talk about that tonight from my co-host Joe P. I am Craig Mish. full time fantasy is next we'll talk to you tomorrow at noon have a great day everybody see ya